Welcome back, everybody. We are the Video Store Junkies, and this is Q-Tips. We are back to bring you some outstanding selections of movies or TV shows to watch over the weekend on streaming. And we're just going to kick it off, and I'm going to pass this over to Paul. Oh, I thank you, Renee. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's spooky season, and there's all sorts of spooky movies. But, you know, sometimes you want to go back to the the spooky classics. And so you can't get much more classic than this. I'm recommending The Bride of Frankenstein from 1935, Ooh. which is playing on Tubi um, and uh, directed by James Whale, you know, starring good old Boris Karloff as the monster, Elsa Lanchester as the bride, Colin Clive as Henry Frankenstein, Ernest, Ernest Thessinger as Dr. Pretorius, who I think pretty much steals the oh, show. Steals it blind. <laughs> yeah, he really does. And Dwight Fry as the Hunchback Carl. This is, uh, honestly, I think it's probably one of my favorite of the Universal horror films. And uh, an interesting interesting side note, Elsa Lanchester is the only one of the Universal monsters that doesn't kill anyone. Spoiler. Um, unless, Bill, do you know of any others that, that, that she doesn't kill anybody, right? And nobody else, uh, she's not on the screen for very long. Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, yeah. Yeah, she's I think that, she's the yeah, only yeah. one who doesn't kill a doesn't kill a soul. Um, fantastic movie, just amazing. I remember the first time I watched it, it was like on TV, and I was like, "Wow, this is it's like funny." Yeah, <laughs> like there's just yeah. some amazing humor bits in there. It's just got um, it's it's really just a, a fantastic film. I can't really say much else, but if you've never watched Bride of Frankenstein, watch it. It is. It is fantastic. And speaking of somebody who's fantastic, I'll pass this to you, Bill. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, my theme this week is movies from 1974. And we start with a marvelous little bit of exploitation called either The Freak Maker or The Mutations. By oh, yeah, any name, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, this is marvelous. It is so exploitive. It's, it's, it just screams 1974. It's about a deranged genetic scientist played by Donald Pleasant. So take my money. It's already great. And he has a plan to help out humanity by turning us into Venus flytraps. Giant, man-eating, carnivorous plants. There's no reason for him to do that. Something, something, reasons, reasons. Um, and, and he's not very successful. They don't really turn out all that good. So he gives them to a cruel circus freak show owner played by Tom Baker. But unless you know it's Tom Baker, you wouldn't know it's Tom Baker because he has like acromegaly and he's all screwed up. Um, this movie is sort of based on the movie Freaks. And just like with the movie Freaks, they decide to save a bundle on makeup effects by hiring actual circus sideshow attractions. And you get a bunch of really cool ones. The pin cushion guy. I mean, also some dwarves and everything. But by far the best is a guy called Popeye. Who can make his eyes pop out of his skull. And you just think of, oh, oh, you know, I mean, you think, what kind of superpower would I like? And vulnerability, flight, x-ray vision. Man, if I'd be happy just to be able to make my eyes pop out of the sockets. Because think of how many times during the day you could use that. You know, like you get the bill at the end of the, you know, restaurant at the end of dinner and you look at it and you're like, it's how much? And your eyes just literally, you got to see this guy. I mean, they look like they're about to fall out of his head. They're great. A pretty girl walks by and your eyes get big like a Tex Avery cartoon wolf. Oh, what fun. Amazingly, this film was directed by Jack Cardiff. 
And Jack Cardiff is like one of the greatest cinematographers who ever lived. He did The Red Shoes, Black Narcissus, The African Queen, you know, just amazing stuff. He worked with some of the greatest filmmakers of all time, Hitchcock, Mankiewicz, John Huston, Lawrence Olivia, all these people he just did amazing stuff for. But when he directed movies, he directed stuff like this and uh, one I've never actually seen, though I really want to, The Scent of Mystery, the first film uh, filmed in um, Odorama where um, they, they piped scents to little little tubes going to your chair during the movie to help you solve the mystery. It's so stupid. It's so moronic. You also did Girl on a Motorcycle, which uh, uh, is, is not a great movie, but it's got Marion Faithful in tight black leather riding a motorcycle. I mean, jeez, come on. But The Mutations was his last movie. It's great stuff. And I love the monster in this. The Venus flytrap monster is awesome. And if I had the time and talent, I would totally make that costume and run around with it on Halloween. So it is on, oh, gee, where is my info? <laughs> um, I believe it is on, wait a minute, it's right on the tip of my fingers. I don't have it. Don't know. I would guess Shudder or Tubi because they, they get most everything, right? You know, I'll let everybody know at the end of the podcast. Thank there we you. go. I, I, yeah. Bill, you were talking about him popping his eyes out. At a, yeah. Do you know the story about him and, and Tom Baker at a restaurant? Do you know the story no. about this? So, no. Um, <laughs> so Popeye, Popeye was black and he was friends with Tom Baker and they were out, you know, after shooting and they were eating. And, you know, normally his eyes are not popping out. He can just make it happen. Yeah. They're there and they overheard the waitress saying some racist shit. So when she came Ooh. up, he sat there and popped his eyes out and she was freaking out. And then, like, when she turned around again, he went back in and he and Tom Baker were just acting like nothing else happened at all. And she was like, losing yeah. her shit. So but oh, it was, like, just a great, go. great bit of revenge. Just like, yeah, yeah. Awesome stuff. I know people get upset when they cast actual sideshow people to play freaks and stuff. And like they, they, and it's like, you know, if you ever talk to those actual folks, they're like, hey, thanks for nothing. Thanks for making me lose my job. You know, I mean, you know, no one's hiring me to do King Lear. I'm a dwarf that can make his eyes pop out. There aren't too many roles out there. So please let me grasp at whatever crumbs I can. But anyway. You're not allowed to do that anymore. And with CGI, we can just tell those actual folks to screw off and we'll just make up. Anyway, so, you know, this thanks for screwing things up in the order because I, you know, would have been perfectly happy to say, and speaking of freaks, and then I oh. can say Paul or, 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 you know, Zach. But I, I can't say that about Renee. Speaking of people who are not at all freakish, I'm going to throw this to the lovely Renee. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. So I, I have a unexpected theme and that theme is hills and houses. So you'll never guess <laughs> what either of my <laughs> recommendations will be. <laughs> my, my very first recommendation, because you know, it's spooky season and during spooky season, what's better than a good old haunted house. And let me ask you guys, how much would it take? How much would it take for you to spend the night in a haunted house? I'd do it for a Klondike bar. A Klondike bar? Fair enough. How many Klondike yeah. bars could you buy for $10,000? Oh, yeah. That's what Mr. Vincent Price would have paid you to spend the night in his house on Haunted Hill. Um, I mean, it's the house on Haunted Hill. It's, it's a, you know, it's a, I, I feel like everybody knows the story. And if you don't know the story, then you should watch the movie mm -hmm. and then you will. Because 
you got to spend the night in this scary haunted house. Will you survive? Nobody knows. Uh, you can watch this movie. It's on Tubi or uh, Amazon Prime. It's on Shudder. It's on a bunch of places. So just look around and you can find it. And it's The House on Haunted Hill. It is from 1959. That is the version that I'm referring to. There was a remake in the 2000s. Yeah. yeah. Eh. If you watch this one first, you know, I, ooh, yeah. Maybe don't watch them near each other. Or watch that one, then watch this one, because this one's better. Uh, maybe just avoid the remake. So. It, it does have a, a guy doing a pretty good Vincent Price impersonation. So there's that. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I totally forgot you know, about that guy. Now Renee, I can't not see him. Renee, are you aware of the, the gimmick that they had with this movie? You know, was it, it the, the, like a 3D? No, well, sort of. Uh, 3D is expensive. <laughs> so what they had was they had a glow-in-the-dark skeleton on a string. And when you, you get to that scene where Vincent Price is cranking that thing to make the skeleton come out to kill his wife, spoiler alert, um, the glow-in-the-dark skeleton would sail over the audience's heads and then go back behind the curtain. And, uh, yeah. That was, uh, One of my favorite cinema experiences was several years ago. Um, the Alamo Draft House has around Halloween. They have Dismember the Alamo, which is a a movie marathon where they don't tell you what the movies are until you go see them. Mm -hmm. And I was there with uh, Doc Rotten of uh, um, uh, uh, Gruesome Magazine, and we were sitting there and we were watching uh, um, House on Haunted Hill. And sure shit, they did it. They had oh, a skeleton wow. flying, and the audience went wild. It was a blast. Are they doing that this year? They're doing Dismember the Alamo again this year. Yeah, um, I think it's the 29th. So you can check. It starts at noon. I don't know. They're probably sold out actually because they sell out pretty. Yeah, quick. I'm sure they do. And so it's, it goes... basi it's basically Buttonomathon without the creepy sex pest. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Though not quite well, as long as Buttonomathon either. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's pretty fun. That's great. Well, uh, I will pass this back to you, Paul. Oh, I thank you. Um, I, I do have a, a, a House on Haunted Hill story. Your your, your sister, Renee, my, my wife, uh, she won't you know. let me. I want, I want to add a codicil to our will that when, <laughs> when, when I die, that, that the kids have to spend a night in a haunted house and they have to have a, a, um, a, a, a record recorded where I'd be like, Welcome to your life, and, and and just have like record like a, but she won't let me. Aww. So you're, you're Aww. Spoils for it. Spoils. But anyway, on it. I'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> Back to my picks. Um, my theme of is uh, Frankenstein. Surprise. So my second film is The Curse of Frankenstein from 1957. Yay. Yeah, this was like the first of the Hammer Frankenstein's. Um. And uh, it was directed by Terrence Fisher and stars Peter Cushing as uh, uh, Baron Frankenstein and Christopher Lee as the monster. Um, it's currently playing on HBO Max. Uh, they pretty much were told by Universal, if you use a... Like, they were supposed to at one point have Karloff be the monster and they were going to film it in black and mm -hmm. white. And Universal said, we will sue the ever-living butt off of you if you use anything, anything like our movies. And so it is nothing like them. Um, the monster is completely different, pretty horrific, really great. Um, and it was the start of what it was. How many, uh, do you, Bill, do you remember how many Frankenstein pictures they did with Cushing? Uh, uh, with Cushing? A bunch. Uh, there was Curse, uh, Revenge. Um, 
Monster Frankenstein from Hell must be destroyed. Monster from Hell was the last one. Uh, Did, uh, Evil of Frankenstein. Frankenstein created... Frankenstein created woman. So we're up to six so far. I think that's yeah. all the ones with Cushing. There was one yeah. more horror Frankenstein. So six. Yeah. Good stuff. And and, and, that's and the they were they were almost. Hammer. And they were they were almost like a. a continuous series weren't they they almost i mean yeah you know there was a little diciness there here and there but but basically the genius of hammer was that it was the monster was never the same monster it was the monster was frankenstein yeah actual frankenstein dr frankenstein so he was the continuing thing and if if you sort of watch it without being a slave to continuity you see him go from this amoral brilliant scientist to the very end where he is like a broken lunatic from all these failures, every time he makes a monster, things go wrong. It's, you think it's he'd learn? <laughs> you think? <laughs> but it is. It, they are great films, and this again is playing on HBO Max, and that's the Curse of Frankenstein. But really, I don't think you can go wrong with most of the Peter Cushing Hammer no, no. Uh, Frankenstein Jeez. films. Yeah, so, they're all good, pass. but they're fun to watch in order. Oh yeah, and speaking of can't going wrong, I'm gonna pass this to Bill Mulligan. Well, thank you very much. So again, 1974, and uh, this this movie was. Um, I'm trying to remember if this came out. This is not a uh, Hammer movie. I believe this is Amicus, who was kind of their low budget rival. And it's uh, it does have Peter Cushing though. It's the Beast Must Die. Yeah, um, yeah, a werewolf movie that's sort of a little bit werewolf and a little bit Agatha Christie. So it's about a millionaire big game hunter who gathers six people at his remote English mansion because he thinks one of them is a werewolf, but he doesn't know which one. And um, there's all kinds of red herrings. And could it be this person? Could it be that person? You know, I mean, a werewolf can bite you and turn you into a werewolf. So there might be more than one werewolf. Who knows? And at the end of the film, <laughs> it gets really <laughs> dopey. There's a 30 second werewolf break where you know the narrator comes on and could it be peter cushing here's the reason uh, what what about dr frisbee and colonel mustard and, and you know it just goes on and on where you're supposed to guess stops the movie dead in its tracks and just makes you want to laugh and then we continue on from there you may also find it under the title black werewolf which is both dumb and kind of a spoiler, but uh, okay. That one doesn't have the werewolf break. It's based on a story by James Blish, who was a, I was a big fan of his as a kid because he did all the Star Trek adaptations, all the novelizations of Star Trek. Uh, oh, I didn't realize he was the one who did those. Yeah, I mean, he, oh, wow. you know, yeah, he did those. well. He was, he was an established writer, but I'm sure the bread was buttered with the residuals from all those Star Trek things. I mean, he just, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like to actually read that original book. It's fun. It's lightweight. There's not nearly enough werewolves in it. And, and it, it's, it's kind of got that low budget filmed in England look to it. But it's okay. It, it's it's kind of fun. And uh, it, it absolutely should be remade. I'm, I'm actually stunned that it hasn't been remade because I can imagine. And, and I guess in a sense, in a small sense, it sort of was. Because that, although it's not identical to Werewolf by Night, the recent uh, Marvel movie on TV, which is quite good, it has there's that's definitely in it, definitely in its genetics. You know, the whole idea of a group of people brought to a mansion, blah blah blah, werewolf, blah. Also, man things, but we won't get into that. And um, 
See, again, this would have been perfect. Speaking of people who must <laughs> die, and I can't, I'm not going to say that about Renee. Werewolves. I thought you were going to say we're speaking of oh hairy God. beasts. Oh, you know. well, oh, well, yes. <laughs> me, not you, Renee, me. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, the jokes write themselves, but oh, well, you screwed it up. Anyway. Um, <laughs> See, Bill, all you have to do is you could say, speaking of sisters-in-laws of hairy beasts, you know. <laughs> That's a long way there to you go, go. For a joke. Yeah. It is a long yeah. one. Yeah, well, but okay. or relatives uh, of that's we shorter. send it back to the lovely Renee. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh you're probably thinking to yourself, what the heck? What other house on a hill movie could there possibly be? Well, hmm. there is one, and it's called The Horrible House on the Hill, huh. also known as People Toys, also known Ooh. as Devil Times Five. Oh, that's the one I've heard of. Okay, there we go. I knew I yeah. had a feeling one of these would ring a bell. And and it basically is a group of extremely troubled um psychotic children that um are, are being transported, you know, like much like Michael Myers, are being just transported from one place to the other, and then there's a bus crash and um the kids all get out and then they descend upon a group of of innocent adults enjoying their their lovely winter vacations and uh it's very it was just odd and i thought you know i just gotten done watching the house on haunted hill and i saw this title and i thought well okay let's do it and um it's it's odd it's um it's a movie, so it's not <laughs> bad. It's just, you know, it's it's something. It's something different. So, yeah, it's something different for Halloween. <laughs> this is my first trick and or treat on you. You're welcome. Hey, and it's from 1974, too. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's right. Well, that was a good year. And it has a little baby Leif Garrett in it. I was going to say, it's got Leif Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Leif Garrett. He's fine, right? As far as I know, I haven't okay. heard anything bad. So you know. yeah, I think he's doing well, better. Anyway, yeah. So I think that's it. Did anybody have a third? He, I think he still makes the cover of Tiger Beat now and again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess if there's no third recommendation, does anyone have no. anything to sing us out with? Well, uh, Bill, do you have anything, Renee? Uh, no. Not me. Okay. Well, then you know what I've I've got. Yeah, it's the oh, obvious choice. Go. Everyone's everyone's favorite song by everyone's favorite um, albino. It's Frankenstein by the Edgar Winter Group. But I found the long lost lyrics. Oh, oh! Here we go. It is time for Frankenstein. Watching Frankenstein. Yeah, we are. It is time for Frankenstein. Frank and Frankenstein. For the weekend of October twenty first, Paul recommended The Bride of Frankenstein, available on Tubi, and The Curse of Frankenstein, available on HBO Max. Bill recommended The Mutations, available on Shudder, and The Beast Must Die, available on Shudder, Tubi, Pluto, Plex, and AMC+. I recommended The House on Haunted Hill, available on Tubi, Shudder, and a handful of other places. I also recommended The Horrible House on the Hill, or The Devil Times Five, available on Shudder, Tubi, and Flix Flings. It is time for Frankenstein with Frankenstein! We like Franken Frankenstein. Wow. <laughs> it's not, it's not really sung again. that often. <laughs>